welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Hey, come on, pray with me one more time. Turn your heart in God. Father, we thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you for the work of your spirit amongst us, Lord, leading us into truth and drawing us nearer to you. We thank you that you've given this wonderful foundation to us to pray, to seek you, Lord God. And this morning, I pray that wherever in our hearts we are, Lord God, we can be shifted to talk to you more, to know you more, and that we can learn to pray in your ways, Lord God, and see answers to prayer and see you glorified in this place and in the community around us. And we thank you, Lord God, for your great love that you call us, Lord God, to walk with you and to pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Grab a seat. Thank you. Yeah, we're doing 101 Foundations and um, yeah, I'm excited to share with you this morning on prayer. Such an awesome foundation. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a construction site and you've seen some of the foundations that they build. I'm sure the Craigs have in the church. Uh, they're huge. They go so far into the ground. And then, then the building gets built on that. You never see it. And I think prayer is a bit like that. Prayer is that foundation that you don't see so much, but it, it, it undergirds all the other foundations. I had a tree in my backyard. It was huge. This thing had been feeding off a septic tank. And it was a gum tree. And my goodness, it was massive. And I cut it down because it was growing over the house. And I didn't want my girls up the end of the house. And this branch coming over it with the size of a tree, just on a tree. And, but the roots coming out, going into this foundation of this tree are impressive. They amaze me. I stand up on the stump and I look down. And it's a couple of metres down. And there's these massive roots, like big roots. And that's, that's what prayer is like. It's this foundation that, it, that undergirds all other foundations that will keep you strong and keep you in Christ and in his will. And you know, Phil Pringle is is you know great apostle of our moment, of our time, of our generation, and attributes all of his success and all of his ministry to just walking with God and, and just humbly praying and, and seeking God. And and you know, Jesus prayed a lot. And you would have heard it said before that if Jesus prayed, how much more do we need to pray? How much more do we need to pray? He prayed all night. He prayed in the morning. He prayed with people. He prayed with groups of people and small groups of people. You know, in this church, you have a fantastic opportunity to connect with God and to pray. You can get a prayer partner. And I would say that it would be wise for you this year just to talk to God just a little bit more and just to get with someone, just a person, ask God, God, can you help me to pray with someone? You know, he's a provider. He does that sort of thing. That's what he does. He sets you up with people, good people, wise people to pray. And, 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 you know, you can have a prayer partner in this place. You can come to a prayer meeting. We have prayer meetings every Sunday. We have prayer meetings throughout the year. And you can come and you can find a voice and, and contribute something that no one else can contribute. No one else has the same heart after God as what you've got. And you can grow in that. You've got prayers you can pray that, that I can't pray, that other people can't pray. 
And so it's so important for you to get this foundation going and get it right and, and go again in it and go again and again and again. And, and if you're a bit dry, then I hope that you shifted this morning. If you're uncertain and you're not sure, then I hope you can understand that God really loves you and that he wants to answer your prayers. Smith Wigglesworth said this, he said, God is more eager to answer your prayers than we are to ask, than we are to ask. You know, he's, he's keen to answer your prayers and he loves you and you matter to him. So this morning, I just want to look, if we're doing foundations, we should look at a real basic prayer that Jesus gave his disciples, his friends to pray. And that prayer, which I'm sure a lot of you would know, is the Lord's Prayer, is the Lord's Prayer. And you can recite the Lord's Prayer because it is scripture. And, you know, it's been recited countless times. And sometimes I think it probably is a bit religious and doesn't have the true power that it's supposed to have. But it is ultimately powerful. It's the Word of God, which we heard an awesome message last week about the power of the Word of God, which is one of the foundations. But it is the Word of God. And you can, you can speak the Lord's Prayer, but it is a bit like a roadmap. Did everyone ever remember a street directory? I can remember that. I hear it's GPS these days, but I think it's, I could say GPS, but I think that's too easy. I think it's more like a street directory because you've got to go searching in and you've got to find this page and you've got to get to that page and you've got to find this street and then it goes into that page. You've got to look up page 53 and then go back to page 2 and then back up to page 101. None of you know what I'm, uh, some of you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I did have a career job for a little while and uh, I was good with the street directory. So anyway, I think the Lord's Prayer, if we can get that up uh, in Matthew, uh, Matthew, yeah, Matthew, it's in there a couple of times. Um, and it is a bit like a street directory, and it is powerful. And we heard an awesome, most amazing testimony last year where Ian McCormack, known as the jellyfish guy, came and shared his testimony, who was living as far away from God as he could and had no real consideration for God until he was stung by four or five box jellyfish. At that moment, your life is really on the line. And all he could remember, and he had a vision of his mother praying, and all he could remember growing up was the Lord's Prayer. So he began to recite the Lord's Prayer. He had this vision of the Lord's Prayer, and he starts to recite. As he's dying from neurotoxin or whatever else is in that box jellyfish, uh, sting, and he's, he's going through, the, he's getting this vision of the Lord's Prayer. So he says the Lord's Prayer, and when he got up to the place of forgive those who sin against us, he, it, it sort of, he stopped the vision because he was cranky with a guy who... Uh, um, Left him on the beach for dead and then he realised he had to forgive him. So he forgave him. And then when he came to, he got through the whole prayer. But when he came to, he was actually in hell, which is really, really scary. Um, And he didn't know that until some demonic activity started to come around. And then Jesus lifted him out, which is absolutely incredible. So the Lord's Prayer is ultimately, it is just awesome and it's powerful. And I want to go through it this morning and just open up just a couple of things to encourage you to pray to understand who God is and how we can pray and, and to pray, basically. This then is how you should pray. This is what Jesus told his friends when they asked him, teach us to pray. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive our as we forgive those who sin against us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And sins, debts, same thing. And deliver us from the evil one. And so we'll just go through it. All these verses are connected. They all go together. It's not one bit and another bit and this separate, that separate. No, they're all, they're all connected. They're all together. And if you learn to pray in, in, in this way or in some of these ways, you'll find you'll get answers to prayer 
uh, and answers the prayer are awesome. Answers the prayer help us to know that God loves us. They build our faith and they cause us to be excited about God. They, they help us to understand, no, I, I'm valuable. I, I, God, God values me and he, he wants to intervene and he wants to intervene so much more than, than, than we know. So much more than we know. So let's start at the top. Our Father in heaven. Our Father who is in heaven. Our Father. You know, Jesus includes you. You know, you're included. When he says the word our, like we're all in this together. And we're all in Christ and Christ is in us. And our Father in heaven. Jesus has included you in God. You might think he's forgotten about you. You might think he sees you from afar, but he's actually really, really near to you and he's included you in him. You are not forgotten about and you have a friend in high places. Praise God, that's good news for you today. You have a friend in high places, someone who is called a father, Father God. And Jesus often referenced his prayers or to God as the Father. And you know, when he says that word Father, it is not like earthly fathers. All earthly fathers, they know their failings. Earthly fathers, if you're a child, you might know their failings. But the Father in heaven does not have failings. He is perfect and he has perfect love for you. When he says the word Father, he means all love from heaven, all of love, the highest measure, unmerited love. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. But I'm telling you, you got full measure. You got full measure. And anyone who tells you otherwise is lying. Because this guy, Father, has so much love for you. I mean, you go outside and look up at the stars. That's the measure. You count the universe if you can. That's the measure of his love. That's the measure. In Ephesians Paul says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. You cannot understand it. You can experience it, yes. But it's full measure. Full measure for you this morning. Praise God. Glad you came to church. Full measure of love. And he's in heaven. And he's in heaven. You know, God has made a space for you. God has made space in heaven and in his heart for you. And just before he tells them this prayer, Jesus gives them an instruction. He says, look, when you pray, so prayer is supposed to be part of everyday life in Christ. He says, when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is unseen, like that foundation under a building, like the roots under that tree. Your father who sees what is unseen will reward you. He will answer your prayers. He'll reward you with, with what he's got from heaven. So he's made space for you in heaven. You know, Jesus right now, where is he? He's in heaven. He's up there. You know what he's doing? He's hanging out with God. You know what he's doing? He's talking to God about you. That's what he does. He talks to God about you. It says that, it says that he sits at the right hand of God and he's also interceding for us. He prays for the saints. He talks to the Father about the saints. You know what that tells me? It tells me that while we're on earth, we need to talk to the Father about those people that are around us. Because if we're around Jesus and he's talking to the Father about the people that are around him, we're on earth. Our job, part of our job in this space is to talk to God about our loved ones, to talk to God about people and just to pray for them. And the sad thing is so many people don't have anyone praying for them. That's a tragedy. That's, that shouldn't be. 
You know, so when you hear a story of, of something that's bad or you hear something bad on the news or you see something, you know, you can pray and you can go to that space because it says in the Bible that we are seated with Christ. It says in Ephesians, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And this space that you make here on earth, it takes you to that space in heaven where God is. And so make space. He's made space for you. Our Father in heaven. I hope that has a different meaning for you this morning. Our Father in heaven. And it goes, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. It's highest praise. Highest praise. When you first come to God, you know, it's, like, it's like coming to church. We start with adoration, highest praise, adoring God. When you come to God, you know, sometimes you've got to come by faith because maybe you don't feel like adoring him depending on what your circumstances are. But if you come with highest praise, if you come with an adoration, and really what I want to say to you is, is thanksgiving prayer. Thanksgiving. Coming to God with just thanksgiving. I thank you, God. And you'll find that when we pray together, we often say, we praise you, Lord, because you are good and because you are faithful. And we find things to be thankful for. And I love one of the powerful things in this church is actually the honor that Ruth gives because she collects all the praise reports and she gives thanks to God. And we remember what he's done in the past or in the, in the short past that we've had. I mean, where are those praise reports kept? There's a massive list of praise reports of all the miracles, of all the good things that have done. And if he's done it before, he's going to do it again. And that's part of Thanksgiving prayer. Thanksgiving prayer. And you know, Thanksgiving prayer, that's the beginning of your breakthrough. You know that? That's the beginning of your breakthrough. When you need a breakthrough, when you've got to come to God with something and you have no answers, you've got to find a, you find a place of thanksgiving. It says, enter his gates, in Psalm 100 verse 4, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. And this is, this is the initial getting into God. This is the initial... Getting in there, and it's so easy to thank God when things are going well. You know what? I, I have the opportunity for anxiety because I have 12 staff and four daughters. It's true. <laughs> and sometimes things don't work out the way you think. And so I, I often, if, if I'm feeling under, under circumstance, I, I, just, I, I like to get out Joel Osteen because that guy is so thankful and he's so positive. And so I, I put on Joel, and then I start just thanking God for, for things that, and because I'm trying to deal with something, but I, I'll shift myself. And so sometimes we've got to shift and start thanking God. I thank you, God, for this. Because you've got this stuff going on here and it wants to get on top of you. I'm going to thank God. And then you can start coming on top of your circumstance. And thanksgiving is a massive key to break through prayer, to break through prayer. You know, Lazarus was dead for four days before Jesus showed up. And word came to Jesus that Lazarus, his friend, was sick. But Jesus didn't go straight away. And by the time Jesus got there, he was dead. Now, this is a devastating circumstance for this, this family. And they are friends of his. So you've got Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Mary and Martha are the, the sisters of Lazarus. And, you know, this is, this is just like really, really bad because God is late. God is really late. God's so late that he died. And they've seen the miracles. And not only when he gets there, he starts to cry. So not only is God late, but now he's crying about their circumstance. And I'm just thinking, what is going through their head? And, they, and this is what was going through there. Where were you? If you had been here, he wouldn't have died because they saw all the miracles that he did. Where were you? And then he weeps. And they say, oh, well, what is going to happen now? But her, Martha's faith was, I know that he will rise again. And she, you know, through her grief and all this, but Jesus knows what he's doing. 
And resurrection power is part of who he is. But he starts with this, his prayer. He looks up to heaven and he says, I thank you, Father. That's what he starts when he raises Lazarus from the dead. I thank you, Father. In this devastating circumstance, when, it's, when, it's, when he's you know, crying and everything, it's like all hope is gone. But I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. Lazarus, come out of the grave. And where do you need to shift in your prayer life? Because sometimes it's, it's like we've got our heads down and we're praying because of the circumstance. You now, I've got two chickens and I've adopted 10 turkeys. Um, because they know when it's chicken feeding time. But the chickens have always got their head down on the food and they're silly because the turkeys will steal their food. So I've got to guard them while I feed them. Otherwise, like 10 turkeys will invade and they'll just get left with one little bit. But, you know, I can put food up on the rail and they, they just don't know that it's up there because they've always got their heads down. They're always just eating on the ground, always just scratching around. And I put some food up there and then, Ruth, you'll love this, uh, a catbird came and then some other bird, I don't know, you probably know the name of it, but catbirds are amazing. Um, they make a really weird noise though. Um, but, um, but, you know, we've got we to be able to bring our prayers, we've got to be able to bring them up a bit. We've got to be able to get into the Word of God and not just be, be dictated by circumstance, be dictated by what is difficult, by what is difficult so that we can pray through things, so we can pray for people and, and through our circumstances and, and not be like a lot, of, a lot of our prayers don't actually get to heaven because they're about what we want. And the Bible says in James, you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss because you want God to fix up your stuff. You have not because you ask not, because when you ask, you ask him this because you want him to fix it. You want to spend what you get on your desires. But the desire of God is for you to be more like Jesus. So he's not going to just come and intervene and change your circumstance for you. You've got to get up on top of it with some prayers. You've got to get up on top of it with some thanksgiving, with some thanksgiving. And you'll find awesome, awesome breakthrough when you have thanksgiving prayer. Years ago, we went to Mexico. I've shared some stories. Some of you went. And we built homes for people in small communities supported by uh, Mexican pastors. And it was awesome. Uh, and one year, we got robbed. And we, a third of us lost our passports, which is not good when you're in Mexico. So we got to go through the border. Um, and we have fantastic leaders. And they've got heaps of stuff organized. And they've rung the consulate. And they've tried to organize with the border for us to get through. But anyway, we get there. After five hours of waiting... We're just not going anywhere. The leaders are a bit dejected. And I'm with some young guys. I'm like, come on, we're going to pray. We're going to praise God. We're going to thank God in this place. So we pray there. And we're in the corner. There's all other people, Mexicans and other people all around, American guards, which are pretty intimidating at times. And so we're in the corner praying after five hours. We're like, yeah, we thank you, God, for your will here. And we're praising you. And we just start thanking him. And we just ask for him to get us through. And we just thank you, Lord. We're going to go home. And we're full of faith, you know. And then this big guy comes in, like wind size sort of thing. And, and just American, just, well, there's like a whole green pop in here. We've got to get these people out of here. And uh, we got through the border. And it was awesome. The next step was we had to get from the US into Australia. Again, our leaders, really, really well organised, spoke the consulates, spoke the airport. We're coming through these Aussies, these Aussies are coming through. And we get there and they're like, no, you, you, you got no passports. You're not, not getting on the plane. You, you're not, you, you can't come through. Leader comes back. I think he's really worn out by this time. And he's just real dejected. 
And, but I, I've just had an answer to prayer, so I don't care. Uh, and, and then I got on with some young guys because I was much younger then. Um, so we, we, just, uh, we just got there in the middle of the airport, LAX, and uh, here we go. We thank you, God. We praise you, Lord. You can get us through. You can get us through. You're going to get us, get us home. We, we worship you in this place. We thank you for your will with these Mexican people, these churches. We bless you in this place. We bless that guy. We bless this guy. We bless that security guy. We bless these people. And we just thank you for your will be done here and that you get us home to our families. Next thing, the leader's still dejected. Someone comes up. Oh, yeah, you guys can come through now. You know, it gives you a passport prayer. Oh, Thanksgiving. Hey? Right? Gives, gives you access. Gives you access. Praise the Lord. I think the scariest people at the airport are when you come home, the Australian guys. They just seem to be pretty intense. We've been searched by one of them. I haven't, but they went through my bag. Found my nuts. Can't have those. So the next part of the prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. Remember, it's all connected. You're not allowed to bring nuts from another country into Australia. They, they were in a muesli bar and they were sealed. And there was only a little portion and she's going through the thing. Ah, see, you thought I was bringing a big bag of fresh nuts. Didn't I mean, it wasn't. Anyway, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, God has an agenda. And you don't line him up with your plans. We line us up together because this is about being together, this is not about you, uh, we line ourselves up with his plans. And you've got to get yourself in line with his plans. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You know, God's always had an agenda. In the very beginning with Adam and Eve, go forth, fill the earth and subdue it. Fill the earth and subdue it. And basically they had the presence of God and they were to take that presence and they were to take all the blessing and just... Invade the earth with it. And it would have been like the Garden of Eden, but that didn't happen, did it? Sin came into the world. But then in Christ, when sin is destroyed at the cross, we have the same, same commission, basically. Take God's presence. Fill the earth with it. Fill the earth with my presence. We've got to work through some sins, but fill the earth with my presence. And that's the same for us. Get God's presence in your life. Take it wherever you're going. See his kingdom come. Pray for those people that are around your life. Pray for your work colleagues. Pray for people around you. Your kingdom come in this environment. Your presence come in this environment. Your will be done here in this place. Your will be done. Part of that is getting hold of the word of God and the will of God and seeing breakthroughs in your life for what you believe God has called you for. Years ago, when I didn't have a wife, I would ask God for a wife. She's left. She's gone. She's breastfeeding our daughter. I know she's. But, but I would ask him for a wife. I would. I'd say, that's your will. Says it in your word. He finds a wife, finds what is good and obtains favor from the Lord. So I'm asking. And then I, I feel him speak to me. And I feel him say, have you, have, have you got a wife? Have you got a wife? And so I don't answer because I'm like, well... Part of me is going, well, no, duh. And a part of me is going, hang on a minute, he's pretty smart. I should try and listen, use my ears and not my mouth here. So, so then I realised, oh, he's talking about my future. He's talking about my future. So then my prayers change from 
my circumstance now again in, in your kingdom come and your will be done in, in this in instance, they change to going, I thank you for my wife. I thank you that she loves the Lord. I thank you for her and I thank you for my future with her. And I think I pray that she's anointed and that she's prayerful and that she loves God and that she's a music director and all of that. You know, that was, wasn't in my prayer back then, but she is a music director now. God bless her. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, that was a real shift because sometimes, again, we ask for God's will. We ask for the circumstances, but we've got to get up. And, and that goes back to my other points. And I told you it's all connected. But uh, your will be done, so, so God's will be done in your environment. God's will be done as you are a living stone in the house of God. You, this prayer is about us. This prayer is about you connected. As Chris was talking about the family of God before, we're connected in the family of God. And get a promise in your spirit for that. Get a, get a promise of God in your heart. And, and we heard an awesome message about having the last laugh about having a promise a few weeks ago with Cheryl and Bucknell. And I encourage you to listen to the podcast because they're for a moment and a season and you need to get a promise and see God's will be done uh, in your life. And, and that, was, that was a powerful message. But get, get, that, get in line with God's agenda and get his commission and pray for those people around you. It should be normal for you to pray for people to get saved. It should be just normal. It's, it's in God's heart. When you go to his heart, you'll find them there. All right, give us this day our daily bread. I believe this is about living in like a God's provision or the added life, which is part of worship and tithes and offerings. And the basic thing with this is trust, because I don't think he's really saying, can I have some fresh bread today, please? Can I have, you know, um, Baker's Delight, I need three loaves today. Yes, he will provide for you physically, uh, but more than that, it's about living in his provision, living in the added life. I say that because in Matthew 6, Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you as well. So don't focus like the world does. We don't focus on the stuff. So much of the culture around us is going after what they can get. I need this new thing. It will make my life happy. No, it won't. It won't make your life happy. Or if I just had this, or if I just had that, going after the stuff of the world or being distracted and getting into other things. No, we, we, we leave it a focus. God is our provider. The Israelites walked through the desert for 40 years and every morning they picked up food off the ground. And it's just so wonderful. Like more recently, in about the last month, I've been struggling to get jobs done, which is not good for business. Because for business, basically it's simple. You get a job done, you get paid, and you pay your bills. But when you don't get a job done, you've still got bills to pay. You know, I, I feel temptation. I feel like I should, be, I should be stressing out right now. But so many opportunities over the years, I've had God's provision. So it doesn't always work out how you would like or what you think, but it gives you opportunity to do something different. And I have full trust of my daily bread. I have full trust that he comes through and that he provides. He provides through whatever time, through whatever season. And praise the Lord, I got some great jobs last week. And this week, we're getting back into it, boys. Caleb, what are you thinking about this week? Are you busy? Where's Jono? Don't work for that guy. I'll pay you more money, that's for sure. Come on. Some of my best workers have been for this church, from this church, but I'm just claiming back one day. It's all right. I've had a few of the boys come back lately. You want to come at a reunion? God provides. So live in the provided life and let your prayers line up with that worship and let your, your heart line up. With, with that, 
Give us this day our daily bread. All right, this one's good. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You know, your sin is quite offensive. And God has overlooked it in Christ. And he wants to take away that stuff because sin is damaging to you. And it's easy to say, oh, God has forgiven my sin. But, you know, it can take a a while for the effects of that to wash away from you. And I love being in church because you sit under the preaching of the word. And when you sit under that, it changes the way you think. It changes the way you think. So when I got saved, when I came to Christ and I realized that God had loved me, that he was real, that he was in heaven and that he'd sent Jesus to die on a cross, it was great. All my sins were washed away. But I'm telling you, the effects, they took years to come away. Years. And some of those effects like discouragement and some of those effects like shame can hang on you because that, when sin gets in your life, it can open a door. And shame is horrendous. Shame is terrible. And, and so he is intent on taking away your sins and restoring you completely. And it's awesome. Forgive us our sins. There's more to it than just, all right, I'm saved now. Yes, we open up our hearts to God and as we, we, we walk with him over the years, maybe you'll make a few mistakes and he'll forgive your sin and he'll convict you by the work of his spirit in your life and you'll get the opportunity to be near him again because sin just pushes this barrier up and just separates you from God. So it's so important to keep pulling the barrier down, pulling the barrier down. But the real test of love is when someone sins against you because now their sin is offensive to you and are you going to get offended when somebody does something that you don't like. And I reckon so many people just driving on the road just have this instant offence thing going on when they get cut off. Yeah. And then I, I just think, well, I'm sure I've cut a few people off, so it should be all right, mate. And then I speak Kiwi at them. Hey, bro, that's not fair. You cut me off. And that makes me laugh. And then I'm all right. That's how I deal with it. And I give you, it's good advice. But sin can be so offensive and it's so important that we remember who we are and what God has forgiven us from and that we're supposed to love each other. And how many times you see someone who worshipped God and loved God but then got some offence and forgot about the love of God. So I do this job for this guy early on in our business and this guy I trusted because he went to school with Sarah. He went to university with Sarah. They traveled to uni together. They went to school together. They, sort of, they, they knew each other really well. And so I did some work for him, but he should never have employed me to do work for him because he just didn't have the money. And he was trying to work it out, but you know, he, he was foolish. And I didn't know, and maybe I was a bit foolish too. Anyway, he owed me $30,000, and I never got it. And you know that was hard early on because... Uh, Money was tight when you start a business. But, you know, I, I, I would see him, and now his, his, um, child, his daughter has started the same year as Grace, have just started school at Greenpoint. And so I've seen him a bit more lately, but I would see him in kindergarten because Grace was in kindy with their daughter as well. And so um, I would see him, and when I would see him, something in my heart would be just angry, which is normal. When someone owes you money. And so what I would do was like, God has forgiven me my sin. I've got to forgive this guy his debt. I didn't have the energy to take him to court or to fight it. And I thought, what is that going to prove anyway? There was this letter got sent out. and He owed money to all these other people. And I just happened to be on the top of the list. Other people were five grand and two grand. 
And I'm like, oh, great. Supposed to be your friend. Supposed to be, you know, all good. So I see him. And this is what I chose to do because love has a choice. It's not always based on feeling. It's based on God's righteousness and his love. So I say, all right, I forgive you. But you know, the next time I see him, I still feel angry. So then I tell myself, because sometimes you just got to tell yourself, no, I've forgiven him. So then I go and speak to him and I be kind to him. And the next time I see him, I don't feel quite as angry. I still feel a little bit angry. So then I go and be kind to him again and just encourage him. I hope you're doing well. You know, that was tough, you know. And I'm thinking, flip, it was tougher for me. But then I'm like, no. I'm gonna, I'm, I am going to love this guy. I'm going to forgive him. And now I see him and, you know, he's, he's all right. It's all right. It's gone. It's in the past. And I want to have my heart clean with God. I don't want something like that sticking around in my heart. You've got you to let God. Sometimes you've got to ask for grace for that kind of thing. Sometimes there's some things in life where you just don't have the capacity. And God will give you, God give you his faith. He will give you his strength to forgive people because some things are atrocious. Forgiveness, it's so important. Then it says, lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. So the temptation will come because you're actually a spirit housed in a body and this body and this mind is going to want to do some things and you're going to have to correct it. You're going to have to say, all right, we're not going to do those things. We're actually going to go to church Oh, I'm going to go and start this business. I'm going to go and start this venture. You might want to do some things in your own strength, but you've got you to listen to the Holy Spirit. So lead us not into temptation, but my advice to you this morning would to, be, to pray about whatever you're thinking about doing and to let God lead you. Let God lead you. He will lead you. He will speak to you. He will speak to you and, and guide you in all kinds of places. And if you just go after him humbly in thanksgiving, in adoration and in prayer, you will find, you will find him. And when those other things come up, temptations and things, you will have a little voice in your heart that says, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that. Have a little voice in your heart. Just, just come down a minute. You're getting a bit too angry right now with your kids. This is a settle. settle. What, what, what do you want to do that for? Is that going to be a blessing? You'll have the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I would encourage you to pray and to let him speak to you because temptation will come at times to say something you probably shouldn't say, to go somewhere where you don't really need to go and to do something. And temptation will come. And when it does, are you going to be led by that thing or are you going to let God speak into your heart? And he will speak to you. You can be confident of that. And deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. We've got to be real about spiritual warfare. Now, there's a cohabitation kind of thing going on on the planet right now. If you didn't realise what's going on, the devil is still around. And... The Bible warns us, and Jesus has put it in this prayer, spiritual warfare. There's going to be some spiritual warfare. And a lot of what it does, it, it, the devil will try to come at your mind, but it says, but deliver us from the evil one. Remember us again. Jesus is, is part of us, and God has all authority. So you don't need to be afraid, even if sometimes things can be fearful. And sometimes things can be very fearful. A few years ago... Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night, my heart was beating funny. And I realised just with lack of sleep, with probably working probably a bit too hard and probably not the best diet, I was starting to suffer physically. And so I got this little heart monitor on and I, I, I've always been naturally fit. And, and so it freaked me out. Uh, and so I had to wear this thing for a couple of days and then I started hearing these voices in my head. 
Well, you, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're not going to get to walk your daughters down the aisle. You know? and, and sometimes the devil can be relentless. And sometimes through sin, he gets a foothold, or sometimes whatever the circumstance, and he starts coming at you with words in your brain. And you've got to understand that not all the words in your brain are your words. Some of them are full based of fear, attack, and he has a ministry plan. He's got a plan just like God has a plan. And his plan is to steal, kill, and destroy whatever he can so that you won't have faith, so that he'll take away your faith and that you won't believe in God anymore because it was hard or whatever. But he comes at thoughts. I don't know if you've ever been driving down the road and you thought, oh, I could just end it right now. I could just drive into that tree and it would all be over. Have you ever looked in the mirror and, and just thought, well, I hate you. I, I hate you. Have you, ever, have you ever had that thought? Have you ever looked in the mirror and just like, I don't like that part of my face. I don't, your nose is too big. I've had that one. Probably because Frosty used to hassle me about it. But that's all right. Plenty of things to hassle him about. And he's not even here. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever gone to do something? You're going to fail. You can't do that. You, you don't have the strength for that. You don't have the money for that. You're not good enough. Do you really think that some of those thoughts are your thoughts? Because he's trying to catch a fear in you and not faith. But perfect love casts out fear. And you've got to learn what are your thoughts, what's God's voice, and where to draw the line. So I start to say, I start to say, because I'm, I'm getting threatened with death, I'm like, I shall not die but live and declare the word of the Lord. Yeah. And, and I'm feeling anxious. And I'm like, I am not an anxious person. Why is this anxiety coming on me? I shall not die but live. And it's coming out like this. I shall not die but live and declare the word of the Lord. <coughs> I shall not die but live and declare the word of the Lord. Shall not die but live and declare the word of the Lord. I shall not die, but live and declare the word of the Lord. And you see, get, get, get the voice going. Get the word of God going. Get some belief going on the inside. It says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So that's this body. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And you're going to have to someday, when it comes, you're going to have to say, it's in this prayer. Maybe you've got a prayer partner. Maybe you've got someone who you can help you out with because you're not alone. And you can say, all right, this is going on. It's not real, but I'm going to walk through it. I'm going to fight my way through it. I'm going to go all the way through it. I love Maddie's testimony not that long ago. She just worshipped her way through a spiritual battle that was going on in her life and just put all praise songs on in a headset and just walked and praised God and, and just fought that thing off that was trying to keep her in discouragement. Keep it down. You're not meant to stay down. You're meant to fight. You're meant to, you're meant to get God's power and be delivered from the evil one and have clear thoughts and rise up. And it, it's not always, I feel courage. Because you have courage when you don't feel courage. That's what courage is. And it's getting hold of the word of God and kicking that guy out because he's evil and God is good. And Jesus has got all authority, but deliver us 
That's Christ as well. He's part of us. The pastors are part of us. The church is part of us. You are part of us. And he will give you authority to kick that guy out so that you can walk in freedom. Can I have the band come up this morning, please? Praise the Lord. Hey, come on, why don't we stand this morning? Hey, come on, why don't we actually say together the Lord's Prayer? Hey? Does that fit on one screen? All right, well, let's start at the top. And let's start with our Father in heaven. And I hope that means something new to you this morning. All right, come on, say it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those dead against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. A little bit awkward, but we got there. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's pray this morning. Father God, we thank you for your great love, for sending Jesus to die on a cross. And Lord, this morning, we thank you for your presence amongst us, the work of your spirit, leading us and guiding us into truth, working in our hearts and giving us a greater capacity for your love and to know you, Lord God. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.